Good morning, good morning, good morning. And thank you so very much for tuning in on this great day. Thank you so very much, Mr. Producer, my friend, Dr. Bruce Smith, BVS GospelNet and GospelNet Enterprises. We're here back once again for the same purpose that we have been on previous podcasts. And thank you so very much. And welcome again to Crossroads, where our symbols are the interstate markings of Interstate 40 and Interstate 55, where North and South meets East and West. We're coming together at the epicenter and the center point. It is the crossroads. It's where we discuss contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women in business and industry, religion and education, politics and government, community development, public safety, and health issues. Issues all of us have that are a major concern as individuals, as family and breadwinners, as groups, and also as a nation. Today, we continue our topic of using God's medicine for abundant living. We want to thank you so very much. We have been discussing eating to live or living to eat. We have been discussing and exploring God's medicine, and we talked about what God provided for us in the book of Genesis in the beginning. We identified those plants and those trees and those roots, those stems and that bark, those flowers and seeds and fruit that all nature has provided us with health benefits, even our air, our water, our earth, our atmosphere, as well as our sunlight. We know that God's words are stepping stones and they are not stumbling blocks. We know that God's word is medicine and there is a bomb in Gilead. There is medicine and there is a physician. I wanna thank you today because as we explore our topic of using God's medicine for abundant living, it also includes and encompasses how we eat, what we eat, when we eat, and where we eat. If we look at the book of Genesis, we discover that in the beginning, God provided for us food that would be nourishing and healthy for our well-being. Not only for the physical well-being, but also for our spiritual well-being. 
Because when we have a spiritual inner man that is being fed, then it uh, tr transfers to all of the elements throughout our bodies. And not only are we healthy spiritually, but we are healthy emotionally and we're healthy physically. And so the scriptures tell us that above all, that God's desire for us is that we prosper and be in health, be in good health, even as our souls prosper. And so when we look at our topic today, when we discuss, there are some pertinent questions that we have to ask ourselves. And on last week, we looked at a topic that was published in 2015 about the health of the region that compassed about uh, 94 counties in the Mississippi Delta or the Delta region from Southern Illinois through Missouri, through Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, and even down into Louisiana. And that means that that is a region that if you turn the entire state of Tennessee from east to west and took it north to south, you would find that that is an area that encompasses hundreds of miles. And so we're here today coming back to ask the pertinent question, what segment of the American population has or has not been affected by the healthcare crisis in our nation? When we look at all of the different ailments that we are dealing with, even the young children who come into this world uh, with conditions that have been passed on by the parents, many of us and them, as we look at the most common and even debilitating ailments, I want to say to you, we're dealing with heart disease. We're dealing with liver disease. We're dealing with high blood pressure. We're dealing with diabetes. We're dealing with cancer. We're dealing with can uh, kidney disease, brain disease and diseases of the organs. And so we have a topic that I would venture to say that every segment of the American population has been affected by. I wanna thank you on this morning. Thank you, uh, Ms. Parrish 
for joining in on today. I want to thank you, Mr. Parrish, for joining in on today. I want to thank you all the way from South Carolina, Mr. James Lucas, who has joined on today. I want to thank you so very much, listeners all over the nation and all over the world. If you look at our health care, excuse me, health care situation, we have to understand that there are some dynamics that's going on, not only in our lives, but we have to go back to the previous generations to understand where we are right now. Before and when health crisis strike, the best defense within our control is a strong immune system. And some of us are born into homes and families whose immune systems have been compromised long before we were born. It's no secret that we uh, get passed on to us the genetics and the DNA of our parents and their parents, even back to the third and the fourth generation. I don't know if you'll notice this or not, but in many of our families and many of our homes, certain types of health situations and crises are passed on to our children from the parents. There are some homes and families uh, that have histories of diabetes in the family. Uh, there are some families who have a history of kidney disease or liver disease or other diseases that are passed on from the parents to the children. And sometimes those traits may skip a generation and then return back to the next generation or the next group of family members. The family structure has a lot to do. And that's why it's important for us to develop a strong immune system because our immune systems often overwork themselves because of toxic overload. Sometimes it has to work harder and harder and harder in order just to keep up with the normal function. And as responsible men and women, it is our duty and responsibility to keep ourselves as healthy 
as we can be. And to do that, we need reliable and updated information about what we're eating and what may be eating us by way of germs and bacteria and microbes and viruses and other agents. And especially during this current global uh, pandemic and health crisis, it's even more critical to keep in mind as everybody stocks up in anticipation of what might be as we quarantine and shelter in place. What are our best defensive mechanisms? We owe that to our families as husbands and wives and as family first responders to our children and others as caregivers and caretakers and care providers, that we make sure that not only do we put that which is the best in our systems and in our bodies, but also to put those things into their bodies as well. We are first responders. We are the first caregivers and first care providers. And so it's important for us to understand that we have a critical role in staying healthy. Uh, I know that in times like these, when we look back and we can kind of say, well, you know, we grew up in a home or family that didn't have this or didn't have that. And so we took on the characteristics, uh, you know, we took on the habits of those that provided the meals and the care for us. But now that we are responsible adults and we are great readers and researchers, it's up to us to make sure that we have the best available information that we can use. If you're on the line and if you have a comment uh, that you would like to make at this time, I want to say to you, uh, we are talking about eating to live or living to eat. And I know that that's a topic that all of us uh, can be uh, experts in because we have to live on this planet. And in order to live, we have to uh, eat. So if you're on the line this morning and you would like to chime in, please feel free to do so. And if you have any questions or comments uh, while I'm here, uh, I will try to research it as much as I can and as quick as I can. Amen. My Lord, how did I get kicked out? Go right ahead at this time. Dr. Alan Young has joined yep. us on this morning. Good morning. Good morning. God bless you all today. Happy New Year. 
Same back to you. Ah, uh, I like the subject, eating to live or living to eat. I love it. If you eat the right thing, you're going to live. If you just simply eat for the sake of eating, uh, you're not going to last too long. So I love the topic this morning. You have to watch what you eat in order to be able to be safe. And 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 and, and in, in, in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, God tells us what to eat and, 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 and what he gave us to eat. And so I, I love the subject this morning. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Young. And, and I know that uh, you have traveled all over the world, uh, retired military, um, earned your ranks and earned your stripes. Uh, and you didn't do it by overindulging. And I know uh, that many countries you went to, I'm sure that they had uh, uh, different types of foods. Uh, and you probably experimented with quite a, a bit of, of them. Um, and I know as we were talking earlier, we were talking about some of the uh, uh, foods that we were uh, uh, brought up on. <clears throat> and, I, and I know that there are some things uh, that uh, we eat uh, that were good, but there are some things uh, that were unhealthy, and even yeah. some things that we eat can actually be toxic and fatal for us. Am I not right? Amen. Yes, sir. You're right. We have to understand um, that the habit of overeating, and I know we uh, that there are in our families, uh, we have uh, family members who love to prepare meals. Uh, and that is one of the used to be hallmarks of families in America. Uh, the desire and the ability to cook uh, varied types of meals. And as a result, we have found ourselves eating and overeating. And sometimes we may have that late night urge uh, to go in and uh, to just to uh, get a nibble of this and that. Uh, and that would be our uh, intention when we make our way uh, to the refrigerator uh, to get a little of this and a little of that and have that late night snack. And then we find out uh, it's looking so good uh, that we put just a little bit more on the plate than we um, intended to do. And then what happens is, is that we then go to bed and we sleep on all of those calories and our bodies don't have a way of burning those calories and those calories start turning into extra weight through fat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we know uh, that there are some foods that are known uh, to bring on, on the weight. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and so 
one of the things that we have to look at uh, is our sugar intake. Mm -hmm. Our sugar intake. And I know most of us, uh, when we were younger, when we were smaller, seemed like we just couldn't get enough uh, of sugar in the form of, of candy. Uh, it didn't matter if it was soft candy a hard candy. Uh, it didn't matter uh, what flavor it was. Most of us loved the chocolate candy, the peppermint candy, uh, and the other types uh, that were produced. And as a result, we started developing uh, an affinity for the sweets. And then when our parents would throw in uh, the cakes and the pies, uh, the ice creams uh, and other sweets, uh, it seemed like we were in uh, delectable heaven. And as a result, we didn't know when we were young and they didn't either uh, the effects of all of the sugar that was being uh, put in our systems that would cause us to have obesity as well as other uh, problems later on in life. If you have a question or comment at this time, you're certainly welcome to do so. Good morning, good morning. Can you all hear me? Live and well. Good morning, uh, Dr. Adams. I am. I was just listening in and also trying to get on. And I was uh, listening to uh, something that you mentioned about sugar. And I can most definitely speak to um, the uh, the sugar aspect because when um, as a as a youth and as a young adult, I'm uh, I'm a lot older now, but as a youth and young adult, um, I and also as a, a child in elementary, I was very addicted to sugar. I love candies, I love cookies, cakes, and pies, and that carried over into my adulthood. And I began to find that um, sugar does impact your body on all levels. And it's one of the major things that causes inflammation in the body. Sugar is very addictive. Um, and sugar also can act um, uh, as a stimulant. And uh, I've, I've heard people say that uh, if, if a person who is on a particular drug, it activates the dopamine in the brain, well, sugar can also do that as well. And so we wonder why there's uh, those highs and lows and we crash after a certain point after we eat this sugar, we're in this high. And then at a certain point, we come down because that sugar burns so fast. And so that's why it's important that if we're going to be eating something, it should be carbohydrates, which is, you know, it does turn into sugar, but it's a healthier uh, uh, whole food substance. And so, um, I just, I mean, sugar, I'm telling you, that's, I don't want to say it's, it's a, a poison or anything like that, but that's something to be very careful about when you're looking at your diet. And that's something that I've had to, I'm trying to, uh, to watch and I'm looking at watching more and more that I've, I'm finding that I'm having to wean myself off of the sugar. 
And um, it's it's a challenge because when you are when you've been doing eating sugar, cakes, cookies and pies for so long, um, your body wants to know what's going on when you start transitioning to eating healthy. And one of the things that I found, uh, depending on your type of diet and depending on uh, the type of plan or health plan that you're choosing, um, it may it may be for, you know, for different people. Some people can't have sugar at all. Some people are um, in their diet. They may you know be OK with sugar. Uh, for me, I, I um, when I decided to wean myself uh, off of sugar a couple of years ago as becoming a vegetarian, I noticed the first thing that I did when I stopped eating meat, my sugar intake went up. So I started eating more pies and cookies and things like that. And I gained weight. So what I had to do was I had to replace that sugar with something else. I was eating everything else healthy. I was eating vegetables and things of that nature. And so what I did do was I started eating more fruit. Now, that is sugar, but it's a different type of sugar. So once I started eating uh, fruit, I noticed that my desires for the cookies and the candies and the desserts, they had left. And I was able to see, okay, I'm making that transition here. And that was a little bit more helpful in my case. So when you talk about sugar, that's something that strikes, it strikes something within me because I know the struggle. If you're listening to me, you know, the struggle with, with, with eating sugar, you know, raise your hand, give me a high five. Let me know, you know, call in and share about what you've done um, to help yourself, uh, uh, with the fight against this sugar. Thank you so very much. Um, it's good to have personal testimony uh, about certain things that harmful for our bodies. Um, and uh, your testimony certainly is uh, enlightening and encouraging and uplifting. Thank you so very much. Uh, is there anyone else on uh, our podcast this morning that would like to share a personal testimony? Dr. Adams. Yes, sir. I, I, it, it's a uh, not so much a personal testimony, but I transported dialysis, cancer, and physical rehab patients uh, into the city of Chicago for the state of Illinois for 10 years. And mm-hmm. the thing you mentioned on obesity, Obesity causes um, a, a multiplicity of health problems uh, if we don't check it. I, uh, when I first started transporting in, in Illinois uh, in 2001, there were over 460,000 folk that were obese. And, and that turns into high blood pressure. That turns into diabetes. That turns into kidney failure. If a person has high blood pressure, and I didn't know this until I started studying it, high blood pressure will cause kidney failure, uh, which which was which diabetes will cause kidney failure, blindness, and so because we we, we overeat and we don't exercise as a people, we cause problems uh, that 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 are long term problems, and so you you're so absolutely right. That trip to the uh, to the refrigerator in, in the middle of the night. And add a little bit more on. And uh, I, I laughed when you said that because I said, well, you know, I, I, I like candy yams and, and all that other stuff and duck dressing. But 
in order to get that stuff away from us, what we do is we have a couple of, we put it in the freezer because if you let it stay in the refrigerator, we go, you're going to eat it. And so, so you have to, you have to figure out ways for yourself to discipline yourself where you won't partake in too much uh, in order to be able to make yourself sick. And, uh, and, and, and the number just grew and grew and grew. I think in the 10 years that I transported, it grew from like 400 some thousand to about a million folk that were became obese and they were either uh, on dialysis. So it's, it's profitable for people that's trying to make a living, but it's not profitable for people with bad health conditions. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that uh, personal uh, comment and testimony. Um, and we are what we eat. And certainly, as I said earlier, many of us are uh, overloading uh, our uh, immune system, uh, causing it to overwork itself. And as a result, uh, it can't keep up. And anything that uh, cannot keep up uh, will certainly blow itself out. If we put too much energy uh, in our homes, uh, then it's going to blow a fuse. It's going uh, to trip something that will cause a power failure. And so we either have to uh, repair what it is or we have to put more uh, of a load bearer into the system. And unfortunately, uh, our systems, uh, they are already designed for us. <clears throat> and our bodies are under the laws of nature. And the laws of nature aren't designed to be broken without consequences and repercussions and setbacks happening. Uh, and all of these setbacks generally would lead to acute and chronic diseases. Uh, and so uh, when a disease comes into our body, uh, these are signs of something that's broken down or something has been backed up. And uh, they are alerting us to something that is about to happen. And so many times uh, what we have, uh, when we look at foods and we see how appealing and appetizing, and that was the first law of nature that was broken. What was it? Eating the wrong thing. Eating against the law of nature. The first broken law of God was actually overeating. A toxic overload of our natural system. And there is a quote of an African proverb. The forest not only hides man's enemies, but it's full of man's medicine, healing power, and food. And so when man sinned in the garden, there was still a remedy. It was the tree of life. But God shielded man from it 
because he didn't want man to live eternally in a state of sin. And the medicine was there. And the medicine is here too. Even in Revelation 22 and 12, the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nation. And so not only are the leaves good, but the fruit on the trees are just as good. And so if we want to remove what Dr. Young was saying about the stresses and the obesities and the problems that come and bring about our organ failures, then we have to have a courage and strong will or else these substances will damage our health. My question today is, are you eating to live or are you living to eat? And there are some great foods, uh, fruit and vegetables that we can intake. But one of the most harmful things to go along with the sugar are the ingredients that goes in to make those pies and to make those cakes and to make those puddings. And that is uh, the twin tower of white sugar and white flour. When you get those two put together, you have a main ingredient for sugar overload uh, as well as for the buildup of those things in your body that will cause eventually the overworking of your immune system to help to combat these things that will bring on sickness and disease. Eating sugar and processed, highly processed foods, especially not only the sugars, but the other one. What is the other ingredient that many processed foods contain? Um, there is an ingredient. I don't know if this is the one that you're speaking about, but there is an ingredient that I discovered some years ago um, that caused headaches, that caused um, debilitating headaches. And it's in a lot of Chinese food. It's in a lot of processed foods. And this particular ingredient is called MSG. It's monosodium glutamate. And um, I'm not sure if that's the one you're speaking of, but I know that's one that you really want to look for in your canned goods and in your processed foods because um, that one is, that's not a good one either. Okay. Thank you so very much. Uh, you are so correct. Uh, that is uh, the uh, latest one, but the one that I was looking for was a justice four letter word called S-A-L-T or sodium. And I, I believe it's contained in that MSG, uh, which is uh, used as a preservative mm -hmm. to keep the foods 
on the shelf longer, uh, to keep foods uh, staying fresh longer. And you and I know that anything that will preserve uh, life that is man-made, that is manufactured, cannot be good for our health. Anything that man makes is a detriment. It has some uh, short-term benefits, but it has some long-term ramifications and consequences. And so when we look at, on the one hand, the sugars, and then when we look on the other hand, the high salt intake, then we can see why many of our systems and our bodies uh, have health issues from them. Uh, And so on today, we know that detoxing and flushing and cleansing the bodies of its impurities, uh, one of the greatest ways that we can keep ourselves healthy along with healthy eating. Also, our Bible tells us that fasting is a desirable health practice that helps to rid our bodies of toxins that produces diseases. And so we are to eat for life. We are to eat for life. Not living to eat, but eating to live. There are so many different foods that God has provided for us that we are made available to. Some of them may be a little expensive, but so what? You can pay now or you can pay dearly later. And the thing about paying a little more now is not only is it better, but it will help you in the long run. Whereas trying to go cheap, yes, you will get something in your body, but it's just like eating junk food every day. And that's one of the reasons why our children are so unhealthy now because of the junk food that they put in their bodies. We have a fat problem. We have a problem with fat staying in our bodies. The number of overweight children in America has quadrupled from 2.8 million in 1970 to 11 million in 2020. 
or 2000, the year 2000. In 30 years, there has been a quadrupling of overweight children in America, obesity. And Dr. Young touched on something when he talked about transporting the dialysis patients. And so we have to understand that there is a correlation between unhealthy food intake and the breakdown of the systems in our bodies, which leads to organ failures, which leads also to having to go on dialysis. And we know it's not all about just one thing. Uh, one of the things that we have to make sure that we're doing, let's make sure, and it doesn't cost us a lot, and that is to drink more liquid. And the best liquid that we can drink is what I call Adam's Ale. Adam's Ale. H2O. Amen. Water. We don't get enough water in our systems. I remember years ago when we would go into restaurants, the first thing that they would do before they even asked you for your order, do you know what it was? It was. Would you like a glass of water? Exactly. Bringing you a glass of water. Even before they took your order, water was on the table. And then they took your order and they asked you, was there anything you wanted to drink? No, not now. Isn't this strange that you have to ask? The restaurant service, can you have water when it is the main ingredient of life for our bodies? Water. The juices are great, but they are also, you have to be careful about them because they're also added with other things. the corn syrups and the other artificial sweeteners many times take away the health benefit of our juices. And I would recommend to anybody to get you a juicer or get you something that will remove the juice and the pulp from the fruit and the vegetables. There is another interesting statistic that we need to know. It's also dealing with the fat problem. And Ms. Parrish alluded to the fact that when she went on uh, uh, a vegetarian regimen, that there was this spike and craving for the sweets. And as a result, 
it caused her to gain weight. And so I want to give you this statistic because you may be a part of this one. That the number of overweight American adults has doubled from 63 million in 1970 to 130 million in the year 2000. In 30 years, the number doubled. The number doubled from 63 million to 130 million. Do you know that's a lot of people in America, 130 million people who have potential health problems because of being overweight? What are some factors that you can attribute to this doubling of obesity? of adults in America. Good morning, Dr. Adams. Appreciate Good morning. This morning. Uh, great info, great topic again. Um, I, you know, I, it, it, it alludes back to something that uh, Shanta had said earlier. And she mentioned the one word and that one word was dopamine. And you have to mm -hmm. think about dopamine is release something that's naturally released in the brain, and it's it's for it's the pleasure uh, chemical. So when you get sugar, uh, when you get something that you eat, when you get uh, some sort of an emotional thing, dopamine gets released, and that's the thing that addicts, whether it be food, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, they get that high dopamine released back into their system. So. You may continuously eat on sugar nonstop until you get that high again. And it's an addiction. You have to win yourself off of it. And the dopamine does cause that. But one thing that you talked about a lot, and if you think about sugar, if back in the day, like way back in the day, where did they get sugar from? It was from honey. It wasn't necessarily from sugar cane and things like that. They got it from honey or they got it if they came across it. If you study just back like the, the what we call the hunter gatherer uh, lifestyle, they didn't have access to sugar. They didn't even really ha have access to salt. They may have used a lot of herbs, but they didn't have access to sugar and salt in those cases. And when you get away from when, when you take the sugar and salt out of your diet, I did this, and this is one of the testimonies for me. I did this for one for two weeks. I, I took I took the sugar, I eliminated the sugar and the salt out of my diet, and I did it for two weeks. And in that two week period, I lost fourteen pounds. That's a lot of weight to lose uh, in two weeks. That's that's basically a pound a day, and that was due to just pulling the sugar and the salt out of my diet. And if you try it, it, it what what happens those first couple of days, you'll get those headaches and you'll get those headaches and you'll get the shaking. And it's because your system is detoxing. You're almost just like a drug addict when they don't have a fix. So when you pull that out of your system for that first two or three days, you'll have drug addict uh, 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 detox symptoms. Head will be hurting. You'll be shaking. You'll be having these cravings and all of a sudden. But it, eventually what it does, it wears off and your body has to 
has to go through it. Now, here's what happens. Once you go through that phase and you're not dependent upon that sugar or that salt, if you start bringing it back into your body, you're going to even triple the amount that you had before, just like the, the, the drug dealer, just like, I'm sorry, the drug addict. Once they get back, they go hard in on the drugs even harder. So it's no different. It's almost like it's set up for us to stay addicted and versus for us to get off of it. So anything that you can think of has sugar and has salt in it. Unless you're pulling it from the ground straight out, you go to the grocery stores, even some of the, the foods that are supposed to be totally organic, they have some form of sugar or some form of salt in it, some kind of way. So, but thank you for allowing me to speak this morning though. Thank you so very much for that uh, testimony, um, sharing that with us. And uh, this is uh, Crossroads on today, where North and South meets East and West, and where we're discussing, excuse me, uh, topics of contemporary uh, interest uh, for all of us. And we have been discussing uh, eating to live or living to eat. I want to thank you for this morning, uh, Brother Parrish. Uh, Mark is on the line. Mark and Daniel have joined. Thank you so very much for making this a time, a time of enlightenment uh, for you and for us. And uh, we're just so delighted to have you on our podcast. Another thing uh, that I want to discuss, or if you want to discuss, uh, and you have a discussion uh, question, you can always input it uh, in the inbox and uh, bring it to us, and we'll do our best uh, to make it known. One of the things as well that we have to look at, because we've looked at this period of 30 years and how we have come from a nation of being, uh, you know, uh, people who just love to show our bodies. You know, there was always the advertisements. Uh, there was always the uh, uh, different uh, TV shows, especially uh, the Western uh TV shows of California, of the beach, and at the poolside, where men and women uh, would show their bodies and their abs. And over the last 30 years, our abs have turned to flaps. <laughs> and some of the reason for it is, I would say, that you may not agree with me, but I believe that the <clears throat> increase in the number of fast food establishments and restaurants where you can just, you know, have it your way and you don't have to stop. Uh, just go around, uh, place your order, and most of these orders are burgers and fries and and shakes uh, are saturated 
with all kinds of trans fats, which, uh, you know, contribute to numerous diseases, even cancer, the burgers, the fries, and the soda combos, you know, and then throw a dessert on top of it, a fried pie or some other uh, dessert full of calories, high in calories, building up our body fat, leading to obesity. And these foods are low in vitamins, low in minerals, poor source of protein, high in processed carbs, which, you know, studies have shown lead to the development of type two diabetes, heavily spiked with salt and sugar that has been said is potentially addictive. I want to say uh, that uh, I, I'm a living witness because I loved to buy the ice creams. I would get the three ways and I would get the vanillas. I would get the black walnuts and I would have them in the refrigerator. And I love sports. And so the days and nights that our team wasn't playing or when they came, when we came back, I would go right to the refrigerator. I would make sure I had my ice creams. I would make sure I had my cookies. I would make sure that I had some fruit, some bananas that I would cut up or some strawberries or some pineapple, pineapple syrup, cherries and cherry syrup. And I would put them all together. And then I would pour on just a little of a soda, maybe a grape or a cola. And I would have me this big, this big, big cup of my own Sunday with cookies on the side. And I would sit there and I would enjoy it. This would be my nightly regimen. And before long, I started gaining weight and I couldn't get it off. And most of it ended up right there in my midsection. And every now and then, I look down. I can't, I can't see my six o'clock for my three o'clock. And that is a problem. When your three o'clock gets in the way of your six o'clock, you're in big trouble. And so these fast foods, which early in, the, in, in our beginning, they were, they, were, they were inexpensive. They were inexpensive. Or you could go to Crystal, get your 12 cent crystal back in those days. Get your sack full of them. You know, when uh, McDonald's started, very, very inexpensive. And now you go to these fast food restaurants and it costs as much as a meal used to cost. Used to go to the buffets and pay less than $10 for a full buffet. 
You go to McDonald's, Burger King, and the other one, and Lord knows, Chick-fil-A, and get you a combo now. You are paying as much as you are paying for a sit-down meal. Amen. We are and have been living to eat more than eating to live. And I like this topic because it's pertinent to us as a people, if we want to make sure life and to not be a burden on our children at an early age, then we have to be more mindful of what goes in to our bodies. And that's why we're discussing this topic on today. And I want to thank you so very much as you continue to use God's medicine for abundant living. God has it. We have to avail ourselves of it. And if you have the resources, get what is necessary to feed your bodies to keep them healthy, to keep your mind sharp and strong. Because above all, his desire is that we be in health and prosper even as our souls prosper. And what does it profit us to gain this whole world and to lose our own health? There was a saying that was very popular why spend all of the time, all of your precious time gaining wealth and have to use all of that gained wealth to try to keep your health. And so it's better to maintain it than to try to replace it or to repair it. If you have a comment before we close out, you're certainly welcome to do so at this time. This is our podcast called Crossroads. Dr. Adam Young, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Okay. One of the things I, I, I looked at too that will, that, that will injure us and, and most of us don't know what they are. You know, at 45, I found out that I was allergic to white potatoes, cabbage, pork, peanuts. And peanuts kill more people accidentally because they don't know that they're allergic to them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times uh, when we don't know we're allergic to something, we all heard when we was growing up that people was dying uh, of acute indigestion. And there's no such thing. My doctor told me there's no such thing as acute indigestion. They had ingested something that they were totally allergic to, and they had passed away in their sleep. So a lot of things we are allergic to food-wise, and we don't know it. 
And and if you eat, for me, you know, uh, white potatoes, I, I love them. I was raised up on them all my life. I ate them for 45 years. And the doctor told me, see, yeah, but as you get older, and we have to look at this, our bodies does not protect us from food allergies. As we get older, we lose a, a lot of protection naturally. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things I would like to suggest that we could probably talk about uh, in, in eating to live or living to eat. Because if, you, if you're eating something that you're not supposed to, uh, it, it can be uh, uh, fatal. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Young, for that uh, insight and enlightenment. And I believe that we are on a topic, uh, just as we were talking about the oils. And I want to say to you uh, that our website, before we close out, is my.doterra.com slash Adams. And they have some super greens that they have brought uh, online. And you can see all of the great uh, food ingredients that are in uh, the super greens that they have. Uh, They've got the kale. uh, They've got the spinach. uh, They've got the greens. And they are in a powder form that you can mix with water as well as some other beverages and that packs a punch just like nitro. And so not only does it provide you with energy, but it also provides you uh, with those immune immune system uh, these other things that are so uh, debilitating to our systems. So I want to thank you this morning. Thank you for listening uh, to Using God's Medicine for Abundant Living as we talk about foods on today. And we will further delve into this topic on next week because it is of vital importance to our well-being. Thank you so very much for listening to Crossroads, where North and South meets East and West. God bless you, and God keep you until next week. Be blessed.